We're talking travel on to a new RFM for our sponsor, Travel On King and Barry Warwick joining us today. Barry, coach travel has been around for ages, but there are different ways of travelling by coach when we go travelling. There certainly are. And um, Jane, I thought today we'd explore the difference between the number of people on coaches and what sort of difference that makes to your your actual touring enjoyment. Uh, For a long time, the expedition type um, touring has, has always had around about 15 to 20 people on them so that it was perhaps a little bit more manageable and a little bit more cohesive in terms of uh, people getting on with each other. And now some of the mainstream coach companies have reduced the numbers on their uh, their tours. Now, um, obviously this affects the or can affect the cost of the tour, but uh, it also can also enhance the tour. By expedition coach touring, we're looking at small coaches. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're looking at small small coaches that uh, interact more with people. The expedition ones, for example, uh, I guess the, have been in Africa where there's small group journeys that go from South Africa right through to um, Northern Africa, uh, the North of Africa, or in South America where you, there's, there's just a the small group of people and they tend to try and get in amongst the people as opposed to just seeing the sites that are there to... Uh, the major tourists. Sites. The major tourists. So it doesn't become a, another cathedral or, or whatever. They, they're really seeing how people live. They're going into the markets. And this expedition type has always been smaller because it, you just can't manage a lot of people at that time in, in the one group. Uh, it sort of disrupts the, the whole flow of getting to meet people. So uh, they've always practiced that small group touring. So now the larger companies or the companies that have often in the past operated with larger groups, what, 40, 50? Well, they, they're usually around between 50 and 60 on a, on a coach. And when you get that many people on a coach, um, the logistics of getting off the coach are always affected and you've got this great big group of people uh, that suddenly hit a a cathedral or, you know, a high spot in town, one of the tourist attractions. And uh, what some of the coach companies have now decided is that it's better to go with the smaller numbers and then you can actually get in, you can move around much quick, much more quickly. Uh, people tend to have more access to the tour director as well so that they can ask questions. Uh, there's always been when with the larger groups where uh, there's been the 10 people that have surrounded the tour director, uh, there's been another group in the middle and then there's been the stragglers that um, sort of get forgotten and don't really or haven't heard everything there is to say, although with technology these days um, it's they usually make sure that people do here. But it's just a, a great concept to have these smaller group sizes. Now, um, they can be as small as 18. There's one company that specialises. They will take no more than 18 people, and that's that's great for, for getting around. Um, there's another one that's just reduced their tour sizes to 20, and they've kept the full-size coach. So it just means that there's a lot of space on 
the cage for people to sit back and relax and um, you know I know I've got on cages and being very tall uh, my legs have nowhere to go but out in the aisle and you're sort of trying to put your uh, knees in behind the seat that's the thing that's uh, alleviated by less people on a couch and that would mean probably everybody gets a window everybody gets a window that's right and particularly on a big uh, on a big couch so uh, you know, you're not looking past someone or you're not trying to take that camera out the window uh, and getting in someone's face just as they're doing the same shot. You know, it's, it is a really good experience. And what about the itineraries? Are they still going to the same places or are they expanding their itineraries as um, well? It varies because some of these operators are smaller operators and they tend to do more um, regional tours, you know, rather than just the city tours. They still visit the main, some of the main cities, but uh, they tend to operate in, out in the country as well. So it gives a, a, a perhaps a more balanced perspective of um, the country that you're visiting. And you are FM. We're talking travel, and Barry Warwick. We're looking at a small group travelling, which seems to be coming in more and more as far as coach travel goes with different companies. And is it only coaches that this concept's applying to? Well, no, Jane. This this concept is also applying to um, some of the shipping, uh, well, cruising, not shipping, cruising uh, itineraries. Uh, as well and we're now finding that there are small ships that do seven six or seven night itineraries that um, carry as little as 24 passengers Uh, and I guess there's this around the Fiji Fiji's always had a couple of operators that took you out to the Yasua Island group of islands in Fiji and so you've got more amongst the locals uh, and the waters are fairly calm there, so it's been a great experience. But there's a lot more now also operating. For example, in New Zealand, there's a um, a vessel that now operates in various part or various scenic parts. It does some part times of the year the Bay of Islands, and so it cruises in out into those islands, and you're getting away to areas that you wouldn't normally see either. Uh, in coach touring because obviously an island you can't get to uh, or other other ways of um, it's the only way really to see these areas and the, the coastline's really quite magnificent uh, Milford Sound springs to mind but there's a lot of similar sounds in New Zealand and one of the itineraries that I saw recently um, just did a number of these beautiful uh, sounds that you can uh, cruise into and I think that that would be a fantastic way to experience it. And again, up in um, the north of uh, the Kimberley region of Australia, you get to see uh, sites that you wouldn't be able to see from land and again they're small ship cruising yes they carry a few more passengers than the the 24 mentioned here but it's still that small intimate uh cruise experience and antarctica as well has these small ships that carry uh, substantially less number of passengers and allows people to do things like go kayaking and uh, get up a little bit closer to the wildlife rather than the the really big ship experience. 
And with these small ones, obviously you're not going to get the entertainment at night, but you get that more cohesive um, feeling with your fellow passengers, you know, and I guess a more involvement. You see how the ship actually works. And um, I suppose this can also be extended to, you know, around the Greek islands and that, where you actually have yachts that you can charter yachts now, um, it's small ship cruising as well. And we get so used, I suppose, these days when we travel to being able to access everywhere. And it's quite a surprise sometimes to find that there are some areas that aren't accessible by road. Yeah. Um, there are actually mountains that you can't get that, through. <laughs> that you can't get around, yeah. And getting to isolated villages as well. Um, there's another ship that goes around Vanuatu or small boat that goes around Vanuatu and you're getting to discover a whole new culture that really isn't um, affected so much by the nature of um, tourism that, that some of the other more popular destinations where you can fly and access more easily. So uh, it just adds that new dimension to, um, to shipping. What about for people who might suffer from uh, motion sickness? Does that make a difference being on a small boat as opposed to a large boat? Um, it definitely does. Okay. <laughs> Bear that in mind. <laughs> Bear that in mind. Uh, small, small ship cruising does have its place. And around the Bay of Islands in New Zealand, it wouldn't be too bad. But again, you can get fairly big swells. So if you're prone to motion sickness, you will certainly feel it a lot more than you will on the bigger ones um and you know some of the the huge ships uh you virtually don't feel any of that movement at all um i can re recall a time when i was with a uh going into the restaurant and the maitre d looked rather green and i said um you know this is your job you're not supposed to be looking like this and he, he said um i'm used to the much bigger ships <laughs> so so bear that in mind. Bear that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking travel on to a new RFM and we're looking at hot deals in the travel marketplace at the moment. What have you got? Well, I thought that I'd do, seeing as it's the ski season and it's been a little bit colder lately, um, that we might look at um, perhaps the Northern Hemisphere skiing over the Christmas period. And um, Whistler, the Whistler Resort uh, has some really great um, accommodation deals uh, for example Four Seasons there has 40% off it's an early bird uh, that must be booked by uh, the end of August uh, also the West Inn Resort also has that and the, uh, that's of course in Canada isn't it this North is America. Canada so yeah, we're looking sorry. at Whistler, Whistler will probably apply to the ski people but it's just outside of Vancouver so it's very easy to access from here and we're looking at uh, our summer there winter for the ski our summer, season yeah. yeah so if you want that double dose of winter uh, it's an excellent it's an excellent deal and also, Whistler Resort, with these early birds, some of the ski passes are, are on sale as well. So adults can uh, pay for a pass and one child can ski with that adult absolutely free. And not only does it go to the lift passes, but goes to the, extends to the ski hire as well. So there's some really great deals if you get in early uh, to book for those. Um, now, other places that are on sale, I mean, uh, Asia is always a popular destination and Thailand have packages for around about a 1000 for accommodation and flights. Uh, Hawaii also is about 
um, packages starting from about 1400 uh, accommodation flights from Australia. So, again, something that's well worth looking at. and um, That's for a bit of warmth, whatever time of year. That's right. <laughs> and the cruises are always, um, they, they seem to often have sales that are put in and out of the marketplace at this stage. And uh, I, I thought that I'd just mentioned that uh, P&O will have five vessels cruising out of Australian ports this coming season. So um, that's a lot of ships. That's plus all the other companies that are, are putting it in. So there's plenty of capacity. There's going to be a lot of new itineraries. So if you've cruised before but want something different, it might be time to, again, relook at what's offering out of Australia. We do love our cruising in this country, don't we? We do. Cruises, once they're hooked, they're hooked. Mm, and in this city too. So some of these cruises may be coming into Newcastle there, there, port. There will be some cruises that call into to Newcastle. Um, we haven't seen, like we did a few years ago, where they actually uh, pick up and drop off in Newcastle. Whether they'll, they'll return at some stage, I'm not sure. But uh, in the coming season, uh, they'll just be Newcastle will be just a port of call. Well, something to look forward to as we plan our travels into the future. And that's Talking Travel for today. Thank you, Barry Warwick. Thanks, Jane.